really do. You're a 21 year old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's giving you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking jog, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef from Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are above the butcher shop in Spring Valley with my man Derek Marceau at Valley Farm Market. What up? Same old, same old. Just another beautiful day here in San Diego. Um, it's just uh, it's amazing to, to be up here feeling a lot better than I was last week. So I'm, uh, I'm stoked, ready to take on the world now. Yeah, well, this is uh, going to be episode number 59, so this is actually our Father's Day episode. Is it? So, happy Father's Day again. Happy Father's you. Day to all the fathers out there. Yeah, all the fathers and the barbecue fathers in the in the world and all the people uh, that listen to this podcast. We appreciate uh, you guys tuning in. Part of this business and digital marketing podcast, we're so lucky what barbecue's done for us and opened up so many different doors and it's really rad to be here again with another barbecue owner again this week. Yeah, um, it was actually down. really exciting to go down to uh, the meat locker um, and and try out some some new barbecue to San Diego. I was, you know, you go into it and you always just you you want it to be good just because this barbecue movement that we have we we're very optimistic. I'm a, I'm a fisherman. So it's always like that, <laughs> I, that next cast, I'm going to catch a fucking huge fish and then whatever it is. I'm very optimistic just in, in life. And, and I really wanted this barbecue to be good. And you know, guess what? It was fucking amazing. Dude. It was fucking incredible. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. You know, I think it was uh, really, really good. Some of the best brisket I've had in San Diego. I was uh, really surprised and a, a corn dish, a corn dish, that I was uh, pleasantly surprised with too. Holy shit! You put cotija cheese and anything. I'm fucking all in. And that yeah. corn dish was incredible. Yeah. Um, but Chef Brad Lyons from uh, Meat Locker Barbecue, uh, formerly of Slater's Fifty Fifty, uh, who's an incredible business out here in San Diego. Um, they Southern blew, California, yeah. Yeah, Southern California. They blew the fuck up. Um, you were part of that expansion. Um, classically sh- trained chef. And um, he's got a business that he's running. He's getting a lot of publicity. Uh, San Diego Eater put out a rad article. Uh, Union Tribune today put out another article. We'll put links to those in the show notes. But um, he was kind enough to come down here, even though he's got five five million fucking things he has to do. Um, so <laughs> uh, welcome to Behind the Smoke. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, pretty, you know, you're, you're just getting started. So those... Um those long days are, are going to be, you know, seem like forever, you know, and I know, oh, yeah. you know just taking a few hours out and, and coming to shoot this shit. We appreciate it, but, uh, welcome to, uh, above the butcher shop. And, um, you know, we're just excited to have another brother in, in, in barbecue. So appreciate that. Um, how do you even get into barbecue? I mean, let's talk about, uh, the story. I've always loved barbecue. It's, yeah. it's barbecue and Italian food. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I did a quick stint when I was finishing culinary school over in Italy and I got, you know, um, all the training and, and, uh, enjoyed my time over there. I was over there for maybe about four or five months. Okay. Um, but it, it's the two things it's simple ingredients served family style and just really big and robust flavors. And I've always loved it. And, uh, the Slaters was a, was, it was a fun ride and it lasted for a while. And, and, uh, now that I'm, I've got my own thing going on, it's just time to get into something that I just really want to wake up every morning and just, do nonstop. Right. And you're exactly right. Those long days, those early mornings, 
they come and they and they don't go away. But you know, when you really enjoy what you're doing, it's it's easy to do. You know. Yeah. Of, go ahead, Sean. One of the things we love is you know the fact that I mean you are a classically trained chef. Mm-hmm. You worked for yeah. a very successful restaurant group. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you always have a burning desire to jump off that entrepreneurial cliff, or was that something that came along as part of the process, as part of your craft? Um, talk talk us through kind of how that how that happened because to go on your own. I mean, having worked in restaurants, having mm-hmm. known how fucking hard it is, you know, all the staffing issues, all the things you had to go through, um, what made you know that this was what you really wanted to do and to actually make those steps happen? Well, d- definitely not at first. That's not something that I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to op- open my own restaurant. I'm going to do my own thing. But mm-hmm. uh, when we started the restaurants, um, it was kind of like a situation where um, I was running the back and I was completely autonomous. You know, and once you get that freedom to be able to kind of do what you want, move, you know, within parameters, of course. But, you know, once you get that freedom to be able to uh, take care of the things you need to do and and be fully responsible for a particular area of your business, it's hard to go back. Right. It really is. You know, and when I ended up leaving um, the restaurants, ended up going and and working for a food distributor for a little bit and, you know, working under someone and and following what what their process and what their dream and what their vision was. It was tough, you know, uh, you, you try and go along with it a little bit, but you kind of miss that freedom, even though it's scary as shit to be an <laughs> entrepreneur, right. you know what I mean? And and just not know where that where that next paycheck is going to come from or, yeah, no, or where the money is coming in. But at the same time, you know, the freedom to be able to do what you want, how you want it, and then to have that reaction from people to say, you know, like, I like what you're doing, right. you know, what's in your head. I like it. You know, that vulnerability is something that, you know, if you don't go out and do it, you'll never understand that, um, you know, how that feel that you get yeah. by having to do it. And, you know, there's no words that anyone can say that can, you know, when, when we wake up and we have an ideas and we're implementing them, we're doing them. And this is like our thing. That feel you have is why you wake up every morning. That's yeah, why absolutely. you fucking, you know, put in those long hours. And that's why, you know, it's so enticing to a lot of us. Like, it's always just pushing to make sure that, you know, I think I can make that better. I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guess what? You can implement all those things because right. you're the fucking owner. And, right. you, and you can do those things. So it's it's cool. So someone's not putting their thumb over you saying, hey, pull back the reins a little bit. You right. know, now you obviously have to be fine, you know savvy enough to understand, you know, the concepts and the, and the margins and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to overextend yourself. But I mean, being an entrepreneur, th- those are the things that, I mean, it's either in you or it's not. And once you find it, you're like, man, okay, this is, this is it. This is what we're going to go do. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're more of a Texas style barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you go that style? What was your, your thought process on that? Were you, you know, did you try different methods? Did you, have you been barbecuing for a long time and then just kind of said, Hey, I, I think I can do this or how, how'd that come about? So I was, a, I was always kind of scared uh-huh. to like get into like the real barbecuing, you know what I mean? Sure. Like besides, you know, the, the difference between grilling and barbecuing, you know what I mean? Like right. I was always big on the grilling and I was always big, you know, cooking, you know, large meals and obviously being in the culinary industry, but I was always afraid to get into the actual barbecue stuff of it because I didn't have that grandfather that passed down the, you know, the recipe on how to make brisket, you know, when I was six years old. Um, But when I decided that this is something that I really wanted to do, I started inviting all my friends over for Sunday night dinners. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, Sunday's my day. I'm going to wake up two o'clock in the morning. I'm going to start my brisket. I'm going to do my ribs. I'm going to do my pulled pork. I'm going to do my turkey. 
and started having people just come over. And I would just say, hey, you know, what do you think? Trying out recipes. I think I watched the the Franklin, uh, Aaron Franklin on the KPBS show that yep. he did. Yeah. <laughs> I think I watched those videos like a hundred <laughs> times, a thousand times, you know, right. just trying to like, okay, you know, how is he trimming the brisket? What's he seasoning? What's the temperature? You know, like when's he, you know, doing all these different things. And then when he came out with that barbecue manifesto. Oh, fuck. That book is incredible. Like it blew my mind because not only is he like talking about, okay, here's my recipe and this is how I do it. But he's talking about like the science of it, right? you know, like the theory of it. And, and that's what, that's what really got me excited about culinary, you know, arts in, in the first place. Cause there really is some science backing it up. I know that if I cook chicken at this temperature for this amount of time, I'm going to get this, this kind of result, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and so it's kind of move it along. I, I, I just had everybody come over and I was like, what do you think? And then I asked them the question, like, would you pay for this? Right. <laughs> you know, like That's how funny. much would you pay for this? Right. You know? And then I, I just kind of got a love for it. And I really asked myself, like, are you prepared to wake up at two o'clock in the morning? You know, every mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Cause if you're, if you're willing to do that, can you take it a step further and do it every day? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause if you're not into, into waking up and, spending the time and the patience and, and everything involved in, in doing this thing once a week, you're not going to do it every day. You Fuck know? no. And was, I just developed a love for it. Yeah, that was, I know, really, really hard for, for me was, um, you know, with the grocery store having, we implemented barbecue yeah. and, you know, we had a side burner <clears throat> that we actually made. We made 18 of them, welded them, did the whole thing, <clears throat> sold a bunch of them, but we... Uh, you know, tending to that fire and doing all that stuff, just, it's really, really hard to, to do it inconsistently. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we had to figure out, okay, what's best for us. You know, I always say if I, if I can make barbecue, um, just for like, you know, a plate for like 10 people, how would I do it? Well, I'd probably do it with my sideburn or the way I used to do it, you know, but for the masses now, you know, being able to do the old hickories and stuff like that is definitely, uh, easier for us just because it, it allows us the luxury to have a, a cook and hold and um you know you can you know cook something for time it for 12 hours and then mm-hmm. just put it onto a, a 160 so it stays warm and then you can pull it out mm-hmm. um but you know the way you're doing it over there i mean that stuff is just amazing so how much product are you going through right now i mean i know you guys kind of just started but you guys are uh you know, we, there's a pretty big line when we were there, you know, so you <laughs> yeah. do something, right? Yeah, thanks to Derek. And oh, dude, Derek, Derek, Derek was, and the goals was, and all one. the people that listen yeah. to this podcast going out and supporting them. We just started doing these meetups because uh, Dawson uh, pitched the idea, and I was like, fuck yeah, if you can organize it, <laughs> we're, right. we're down. Yeah. Next time we'll come on time. But um, yeah, you know, for us going to see that, and one of the cool things about the podcast is being in restaurants, being in a butcher shop, all these businesses, they're all uniquely different, but there's a lot of different themes that runs throughout. And, you know, for you getting to the the food truck, right? Because mm-hmm. so the food truck, was that the first part of the business up in Milano Park? Or how did oh, that, how did that uh, come in about? Menlo? Yeah. Menlo. Um, so it, long, long story, but I ended up having a, a, a horrible back injury. And, really? um, yeah, I blew up my back. I blocked about like 95% of my spinal cord, Jesus. um, L4, L5. And, uh, the doctors are like, we've never seen this without a car accident. You know what I mean? 
So they rushed me into emergency surgery and I was like still kind of like getting my legs underneath me, literally, you know, and my sister works at um, Stanford University. She's an athletic trainer up there. Wow. And um, I was going to physical therapy down here and they were just not not doing, you know, so she's like, get up here, you know, come up here, stay at my place. I'm going to do all your physical therapy. So once I was able to get back on my feet and, mm-hmm. and, and be able to, to move and, and, and do the things that I needed to do, I was able to pick up this, um, this food trailer from a family friend in, in Las Vegas, drove it back and just started retrofitting it. Mm-hmm. it at the time, it was, it was pizza, chili, hot dogs, popcorn, <laughs> soup. <laughs> like they didn't know what nice, they were doing, like, right? Uh, fish, sushi. <laughs> yeah, right? You know? They didn't know what they were doing. I was like, pick something, you know? Right. But uh, I, I got all the equipment out of there and, and retrofitted it and painted it and got it all together and, and started it um, March of 17. March in, of 17. Yeah, in Menlo Park. Menlo Park. And, and that's now, when you decided that you were going to do this barbecue business. Like, oh, this yeah. This was going to be what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was like okay. Now I'm open, right? Yeah. You know, and that's that's got to be hard because I know I've looked into getting trailers and what mm-hmm. California puts you through to be able to be compliant with the health department. Um, walk us through that. What what do you have to do? Oh, I sailed under a star, man. Yeah. I, I got super lucky. Did you? I, I really did because um, because of the fact that it was manufactured. It's a Wells Cargo concession trailer, so mm-hmm. like the doors on the side and all that stuff that was already there. So it's meant to do what it's supposed to do, right? Sure. The removable tongue and, and all that different stuff. But the guy that actually built it, he built it outside of California. So I had, when it came over, I had to get the HCD, you know, housing development and everything, make sure everything's up to code for California. Uh-huh. But luckily the guy that did it, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. 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 So he, he really knew what he was doing. So when he put in the <clears> sinks <throat> and, 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 you know, like all the, the drainage and, and everything that he did, uh, it really worked out well. So there's, uh, you know, a few things I needed to change, you know, mm-hmm. flex pipe to, to, to solid piping and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that for the gas lines and stuff, but really easy stuff. Got the HCD insignia. And then went straight down to um, San Mateo and uh, and got the, the health permit. And once I got that, it was kind of like, okay, next Santa Clara. Then, you know, start went over to Oakland and, get, and got um, my health uh, permit over there. And I was just kind of traveling around the Bay Area and, and, and kind of doing special events. So talk- by yourself? Well, I had some family, you know, yeah. my sister, my right. sister was up there. My, one of my very good friends, Ashley, she was You're the athletic trainer that works at Stanford. You had, right. her, you had her slang and barbecue. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. How, that's 100%. how we roll. I love that's it. family. hundred like, percent. Like, I love it. Like we, you know, I love it. We're, we're there for each other. So <laughs> I, I mean, I can't, I can't thank both she, my, my, my sister and my good friend, Ashley in, uh-huh. in the Bay area, both of them without them. I wouldn't have been selling anything. You right. know what I mean? Sure. Um, and then I got a gig with, with Stanford being a, a preferred uh, caterer. And I was doing their football games and, and their, and their wow. fan fest events and Rad. and really starting to get motivated and really, you know, having a good time with it. But it was just impossible to find staff. Yeah. Talk was, about talk about the issues with staff because California, we deal with a lot of things and especially up in North yeah. Bay. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, as the cost of living gets gets higher and higher, it's it's harder and harder to find affordable staffing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I I I don't mind a, the thirteen, fourteen, fifteen dollar an hour that we're kind of like moving towards because I think a living wage is is a very important thing, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 behind that. But um, when we were in the Bay Area, there was just there was nobody 
in that area on the peninsula that that was able to take in that kind of kind of cash. So, you know, at some points I was even trying to get just one person was like, you know, put it on Craigslist, $20 an hour and just getting nobody. Wow. No responses, you know, at all. Right. And, uh, you know, when it when it comes to the mass transit uh, system up there, it just BART doesn't come across the the uh, the bay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it was just tough. And it got to a point where I was literally like every catering event. I was like, all right, what's well, 25 people. That means 24 hours of cooking. Mm -hmm. right. You know what I mean? Yep. And I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. So, so when did you make the decision to come to San Diego? I went out to Austin to do like a like a barbecue odyssey Rad. with my buddy Justin. I love it. <laughs> so we hit right when, when Texas <laughs> Monthly put out the 50 top joints. Uh -huh. um, I got on my highlighter and just started highlighting everybody <laughs> I wanted to go to. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Uh, so Justin and I, yeah, I came back down to San Diego and I stayed with my buddy Matt and, and his wife. And um, they're like, oh, by the way, we've decided you're going to move down here and uh, bring the truck. And Jenny's going to work with you. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, ha, 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 that's so funny. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, after we did, we did what, 10, 11 joints in four days in Austin and came back. And, and I was up there and I was like, I still can't find staff. So I texted him. I was like, get on my phone, click, 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 click. You know, like, were you serious? Yeah. Immediately he responded like, yes, absolutely. And I was like, Rad. I was like, wow, no hesitation with the yes. You right. Know? So um, I was like, that gave me the juice, man. You know, I was like, all right, I can come back down there. I know, you know, with the restaurants, I know people I've worked with in the past. Mm -hmm. I know I can find staff. I know I can, I know I have a support system here in San Diego, you know, right. Um and so I, I moved down here and, and started kind of just starting the process. Found a found that little kitchen across from Home Depot on Fairmount Avenue, fifty nine eighty one Fairmount Avenue. <laughs> Absolutely, all, everything we talk about we'll put in the show notes. But yeah, nice. we appreciate everybody going out and supporting all the pitmasters we bring on the show. It Absolutely, means a lot to us. And tweeting out the photos and letting them know what you heard them on the podcast. Yeah, uh, means a lot. And so then, now you have I saw three employees in there. Uh, Plus you essentially help, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I'm, you know, calling in favors cause we just started doing lunch. Okay. So usually lunches I'm doing by myself. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm running the till. I'm going through a lot of gloves. Right. You know what I mean? I'm going oh, from, absolutely. The, from the food to the till and I'm a little all over the place, but knowing that you guys were coming in for the meetup and mm -hmm. I was going to, you know, we we're going to get 15, 20 yeah. people at one time. I just wanted to make sure that everything was going. So I called in a few favors, had a few cool. friends come and give us a hand and, and, that helped out a lot, you yeah. know. I mean, well, yeah, it seemed to run really smooth. That's yeah, the, that's yeah. the best thing about the digital world. Derek was able to direct message you and right. give, give you a heads up, and like that means a lot, especially yeah. when you're you know building your business. Tell us about what we just experienced down in the butcher shop, because I think that's important when people oh, are shit. asking. Was it one of my employees? It was one of your employees. It was cool <laughs> though. It was cool because it was exactly it, it was exactly what we wanted to talk about on the podcast. It's right. the challenge of being a food truck and not having a permanent location. Right. So. Oh, so when we were down there, we were just kind of cruising by and, uh -huh. and you know, small talk and whatnot. And uh, one of the guys was like, oh, you're meat locker? And I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes, I went down there to find you like three times. Really? <laughs> you know? <I> was like, <laughs> where were you? You weren't even open. I was, and, and that was just the story. That was, right. That's the exact reason why we started opening up for lunch during the weekdays. Gotcha. Is because... At, at first, I was just doing it because, okay, we might not have an event today. Mm -hmm. I've got some downtime. I'm already cooking. Let's open up and, and see if we can, you know, make a few bucks. Right. And uh, people started coming up saying, hey, you know, I've, I've gone here three times. And, like, what is your schedule? Like, what's, you know. so What are your that, operating hours? Right. Right. So it was that lack of consistency that was really just kind of hurting me. 
Gotcha. Um, and then some of these events, some of these lunches, we were doing just as well as maybe some of the events and, you know, not driving up to North County or, or something along those lines. Um, so really to kind of cultivate a, a, a local, you know, customer base mm-hmm. um, and have that consistency. I was like, you know, Monday through Friday, we're going to open up for lunch. We'll still do our special events and 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 concerts and 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 festivals on the weekends Mm -hmm. but um lunch has been consistent and and people have been coming by and and a lot of those businesses they're building a lot of apartments in that area Mm -hmm. uh mission valley grantville area is is really kind of you know um developing and uh me and sean saw we're like where the fuck is everyone in a park yeah there's a lot of development going on out there man those roads are going to be getting their ass whooped Having grown up in San Diego, we always joke that L.A. has the bad traffic. And right. that's, you know, growing up in San Diego, I just I never drive in the traffic because I know when it is. Right. So then once Derek and I have been going, you know, all over the county and we'll be stuck in traffic. And it's like, is the traffic really this bad? And it's just it's, you know, it's infrastructure where we have a lack of places for people to live. That's why there's cranes all over downtown San Diego. Mm-hmm. That's why there's cranes in Mission Valley. It's San Diego is an incredible place to live, but logistically, you know, for us, the coolest part is seeing craft barbecue and finding like you finding a location um, where people know they can come and get you. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the exciting part, because then that's where how you start to build, you know, your business, your catering business. And I mean, you you have an awesome spot. Yeah, yeah, I got really lucky. I found it on Craigslist <laughs> while so I was bad. in the Bay Area, you know, <laughs> just found it on Craigslist and talked to the guy. It turns out he's a San Diego State alum, uh-huh. um, maybe like two or three years younger than I am. And we just kind of hit it off. And I flew down to to check out the space. And I was like, yes. Right. You know, and the, like I said, the original idea was just to use it as a kitchen to do my cooking. It allows you the luxury to, to do multiple things. It allows you to have your lunch spot and then be able to cook more in there. And then you can go out to do all your caterings. Mm-hmm. Um, is your goal to continue lunch, make X amount for your lunch until you sell out and then just do events on the weekends? Is that like what, what your, your plan is to, for, you know, in the next year or two while you grow your brand? Well, the plan is never to go out and have, you know, like to, to have to go to these special events and kind of mm-hmm. chase it and, and follow, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I would love the opportunity to be able to to stay put and, and, and be something a little bit more permanent. Sure. Um, like I was talking with you guys while you were there, there's that, you know, there's a window that I would love to make. Oh, it's kind of like a walk up kind of mm-hmm. order and, mm-hmm. and kind of just block off the parking lot a little bit. You know, these are, these are the dreams that run through your head. Like you said, you know, always kind of <laughs> trying to make things different, trying to make things, you know, better and, and things like that. So, and I'd love to have the truck to be able to do those special events and run them simultaneously. Right. You know, yeah, that's, um, that's big. I know Sean and I have talked about having those trailers and stuff to do events. You know, it's hard to, to do the vending events, <clears throat> but it does get your brand out there. And like I said, yeah, for me going to your spot, just trying the first bite of brisket, I was, like I said, I was just so impressed that it's, uh, all I want to do is just like, well, I'm like, fucking pimp you out and be like dude go fucking <laughs> try this shit this shit's good you know, just kinda, it's, it. what i like i mean and, and this is no disrespect because we live in, in a very unassuming part of town here mm-hmm. it's that's what it is down there too and it's like yeah. right you're like huh let me let me try it and then it's like dude this is fucking amazing and it's just like if the feel of it it's really really cool so kudos Appreciate to you on that thanks yeah, yeah it's it, you know if any if any kind of or any genre of food is going to work in a parking lot it's going to be barbecue sure you know what i mean like, uh, th- there's nothing wrong with having that Dr. Pepper and, and, oh, yeah. and the brisket and, you know, kind of sitting at a picnic table and, 
just enjoying your food, you know? Well, it goes back to what you talked about in the very beginning. And that's what the best part about barbecue is it's family style. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're cooking incredible food, you can share that any fucking where, right. anywhere, tailgating right. on, on the beach, on the, on the, in a park really doesn't matter. Right. There's you no know? pretense in it. There's mm-hmm. no pretension, you know, and it's just good, solid food. That's real, really amazing. Talk to me about your fucking corn. <laughs> that's not on the menu yet right no 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 i'm just kind of what when i'm the next phase i guess you know phase two sure maybe it's phase five or six right now <laughs> but um i want i want to kind of bring that san diego eats aspect to the texas barbecue of what i'm doing you know right i want to make my own tortillas and i want to use the you know the, right. the brisket fat in the tortillas and i, I you know like i got a, a, a great salsa roja you know recipe but what you're talking about is the elote salad okay so what i did is i just i smoked the corn uh-huh. um got a good color on it a little bit just a hint of, of of the smoke i probably could smoke it a little bit further sure but um yeah it's just a real simple you know mayonnaise and and, and lime juice cotilla cheese a little bit of cilantro and, and it's a, a a cold salad you know something different than say the potato salad that you what's know, refreshing right that's oh, what yeah. i liked it was yeah. just very refreshing so it wasn't as heavy as everything else, like you're saying, the the mac and cheese, the the potato mm-hmm. salads, all mm-hmm. that stuff. It was just kind of more of a, you know, refreshing thing to eat where I didn't feel so bad about well, not eating it. <laughs> I guess. I think we I mean, we powered through like four plates of barbecue. Dude, I fucking, I'm telling you, I just crushed that brisket. It was I, I, so good. I was yeah. just, uh, yeah. I don't think I talked for the first five minutes because I was just <laughs> eating like a gluttonous fucking pig. Yeah, no, it was fucking fantastic. Tell us about, uh, give us some some war stories. Some of the some of the shit that went wrong. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! Where do I start? Do you want me to start with today or yesterday <laughs> or the fucking day before? There's always there's always something, you know. Like w- when you guys were there, I was talking about my smoker, and when I originally got it, um, it was a reverse flow smoker, uh-huh. and so it had you know the the it was offset you know stick, but it had the plate underneath the the grate, and then you know it comes around and back and has the the stack coming over by the firebox, and I just couldn't get. You know, when I first started out, I, I just could not get the temperature right. You know, mm-hmm. the plate was heating up too much. So it was 350 degrees at the, at the plate. But I was, you know, temping it over in this area where, the, you know, and so like all these different things. So it, the biggest thing that and it's going to happen to anybody that's running a pit or anybody that's doing barbecue is knowing your smoker, knowing your equipment, getting used to it, seeing the variations. Sure. And the only thing you can do is just kind of go through it. You know, right. well, this happened today. Okay, make that mental note that if that happens again, I got to do this to get around it, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I found a guy in National City and I brought my smoker to him. I was like, get rid of this plate, take off that, put this over here, put that over there. And and he turned it into a standard flow. And and since then, I've really been able to kind of hone in on, on the temperature consistency, um, the, the smoke and, and making sure that that, you know, that clean smoke is a, is a consistent smoke throughout and it's not patchy and mm-hmm. um and my fire is totally different there's so much that builds around that fire and it's so often underestimated especially by myself when i when i was starting out how important it is to have that consistent fire it's an, um, incredible the wood that you get too just for the consistency yeah. of your smoke it's mm-hmm. amazing that you know again i was very naive at first too just fucking throwing shit in there i'm like right. oh it's gonna be fine and then yeah. it's like oh nope that's not fucking right and that smoke's right. not that 
the wrong color. And I'm like, what's what's going on? Then you find out different moistures in, in different woods right. and where you're getting it if it's not seasoned. And, you know, it's like, fuck, man. <laughs> it's a lot more. I thought I was just going right. to throw some wood in here and just going to smoke it up and it's going to be great. I think, uh, yeah. I think that was one of my favorite parts about Aaron Franklin's book is when he went into the fucking whole wood. I mean, he's like a whole chapter dedicated to yeah. where the wood's growing, how it's growing, how someone's selling a cord of wood. And he actually goes in and pulls out every single piece of right. the wood and investigates it. Right. Talk about your wood. So um, I finally Hard, hardwood. Yeah, hardly. It's super hard. Super stiff. Hardwood. It's stiff. stiff wood. It's stiff. It's hard. It's fully torqued. It's girthy. Uh, yeah. So um, Cal Firewood, right down the street here. Uh huh. Talk to them. Um, just kind of, I, you know, when you move down here, when I moved down here, I, I just called everybody that was doing firewood, asking how much is a cord and how much is this, and you know, the, the well, initial. When you first started doing barbecue, you, you learn what a fucking cord of wood is. Right. You're like what the fuck right. is a cord and of how wood? much a and unit, how heavy unit a cord of wood. of wood is. Right. Holy shit. A cord so, or a cord? Cord. What, I know. Oh yeah. I know. Cord. What a cord of wood? Like, it's not yeah. a lot. <laughs> and it's eight by four and four. And <laughs> right. and it's like, oh, man. How many cords can I put in a U-Haul? The biggest size. We were getting fucking wood from Phoenix at one point. Really? And we were trying to get pecan wood. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you go through a lot of stresses with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, you and, do. And, and, and I'm sure we've all done it. Is is that initial reaction is like, this guy is $10 cheaper than this guy. There can't be that much of a difference. Yeah. Oh, there is. Oh, fuck yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. There is. There really is. You crack it open, and it's 33% moisture in the middle of it, 9% on the outside. There it's you like, go. Okay, you know, this hasn't been seasoned appropriately, or it's baked, or you good know luck. I mean? Good luck getting any kind of consistency. Or it's right. not even fucking oak. <laughs> yeah. We, we ran into problems where I'm right. like, dude, that's not fucking oak. Right. Well, you're getting, they're like, ah, uh, well, our, our main guy's out. He might give you something different. I'm like, they did. Come fucking pick this up. <laughs> right. And give us the right shit, right. man. You know, I, I'm on them all the time about that. And I'm probably like their biggest headache, but I don't give a shit. I mean, yeah. it's so important for a consistent barbecue or, I mean, just to have us be consistent. Um, Cause you have one person that comes in and gets it where it's different. If I'm talking about the brisket and yeah. I send someone down there and they get it different than me, I look like a fucking idiot, yep. yeah. you know, but it's that consistency that you're striving for that right. makes it as good as it is. Right. So for, for us, I mean, just looking at that, that, you know, oak to make sure it's oak or the almond wood to make sure it's almond wood to know your woods. <clears throat> um, you know, we don't, we don't use a lot of different woods, but I used to, I used to be like, okay, for pork, I'm going to use this fruit wood and this, and you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, I, that, that's great. If you, if I want to do it in the backyard and you know, mm -hmm. but now we're, we're very, uh, we just do one type of wood, but you have to know what it is and how it feels. I can pick up a fucking piece of wood and tell you right away. Like, nope, don't fucking put that in there. Right. There, there's no way that's going in there. The right. density or whatever it is. So yeah, it's um, too heavy or it's too light. Yeah, you know it's gonna mean? fucking be gone in thirty seconds. Hands. It's all it's all you know, like termite ridden or or whatever it may be. Right. If you're cooking something for fucking 13, 14 hours and you get two logs in there and it just makes it super bitter or just got this nastiness to it at the end. Fuck you. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's the you know, oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, this is the absolute worst, you know. There's you spend all this time than bitter uh food. Oh I mean, yeah. For for me I get so I can smell it. I'll even I'll be here and I'll drive in my fucking pit master and Chris out there who's absolutely amazing. Um but I'm like there's something wrong with that wood. 
Yeah. He's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, smell it. You can't smell that burning wrong. I'm like, that's bitter. Go take that out. Mm-hmm. We can take the log out. And then he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. And he's starting to learn those little things. But I can smell it right when it's going up. I'm like, that's not fucking right. That's or if the fire's not burnt, or if it's smoldering, or if it's not burning right, you can yeah. smell it in the air. Your, your throat starts to itch a little bit. Yeah. You're like, Fuck, I got to get out there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's all the little things that you end up learning over time, you know? It's tell just us about your Tell us about your chef background because we, I mean, we find it always incredible i mean we've been able to have chef hannes um who's yeah. opening up pioneer barbecue That's out great. here in east county he was a fucking rock star with yeah. carnita mm-hmm. snack shack um and then we have deuce raymond who's out in chicago he's a classically trained chef uh talk about now looking back on your experience um you know what you know now having run restaurants and then now doing your own thing um just kind of like the philosophies of cooking well we kind of talked about it when you were out for the uh the meetup yep it's just it, from a restaurant side and a restaurant management side, it's, I mean, it's apples and apples. You know yeah. what I mean? Like needing to know like what my labor is or sure. needing to know what my food cost is and what percentage and where I need to price and all these different things. Well, I mean, like, that that's your, your that's your competitive advantage, right. you know, because most people that are getting into barbecue don't understand that their recipe, their menu, like they have to cost all that out. And yeah. as Derek was saying in our, our last podcast, we're dealing with commodities. I mean, that all those prices, they change and they fluctuate throughout mm-hmm. the year. And if you're not on top of that, you're going to get your fucking ass handed to you. Yeah, the margin is minuscule. Minuscule. You know what I mean? It's, it's counterintuitive it's to running a restaurant doing barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> like You wouldn't get like, you know, conventional wisdom right. isn't, oh, I'm going to open up a fucking barbecue restaurant because high labor, it's high, yeah. high uh, food costs. Yeah, what, what kind of industry can I get into that's super volatile? <laughs> super Let's volatile get in the restaurant super... industry, and then what subsection <laughs> can I get into? Just kind of, you know, uh, oh, kick shit. it up a notch. Yeah, Let's go barbecue. Let's make it as hard as fucking right. possible. Right. No, it is extremely, extremely hard. <laughs> right. And then people are, you know, are always barking. Like, you're, it's fucking $18 for a brisket? Or oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. You have no, like, I... If you could see the margins that we work on, yeah. like it's amazing that we're fucking in business. Correct. So just uh, eat it and smile, and be happy, <laughs> and tell me all the good things. Okay, I don't. I don't well, I'd like to. What I would love to be able to do is just take a picture of each brisket like, yeah. when I get it in. Right. And then take a picture of it after I trim it. Right. Correct. And then take a picture after I cook it. It's correct. And be like, be like, look, look. Yeah. Look <laughs> what, what happened. Like, this is all the whole process of what's going on. I'm losing half the brisket every time yeah. I cook it. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. Just, Weigh it up know? and show them. I mean, it's, but at the uh, end of the day, the person that comes up, they don't, they don't know those things. They right. don't care. About well, those things, I mean, yeah. the cool thing is we've seen it in just in the last 10 years is we've have, there's a much more educated consumer. People are starting to understand a That's lot good. more about craft barbecue and, you know, Andy has shared with us and Coop and Brad, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, selling out, you sell out when you sell out because yeah. you're cooking for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before it was like, well, what the fuck do you mean you're out of ribs? Like, I didn't plan on being out of ribs. I didn't want to be out of ribs during the high peak volume for my dinner business. But that's just the way that it is. I'm going to adjust it next week. But that's how you're going to get the best barbecue. Right. 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 Well, it's interesting because it's like, you know, when at the restaurants, we ran out of cheddar cheese. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, that's, that's a fuck up on my part. Like I fucked that up, you know, like, well, let's, we got to go find some fucking cheddar cheese. (laughs) Quick. You got to go bring it in. Let's, I mean, like you ask Derek how many times I've been over here to get fucking ice or cheese and all kinds of weird shit. But with barbecue, it's, it's not only acceptable that you may run out, but it's, it's a badge of honor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how many times you see these, these Instagram posts like sold out, I'll sold be back out. tomorrow. Yep. Sold out. I'll be back tomorrow. You know, it's almost like, Hey man, you got to get here. Hey, you know, hustle up. If it's you want to get some of this, yeah. you got you got to hurry up because right. 
You know, like we only have this limited amount of supply. I, like I can't, I can go cook a hamburger for you real quick. I can get some ground beef and I can cook a hamburger sure. for you, you know, not for nothing, but I can't go out and, and you know, like you can't even, cook, hours, can't even get you, know you a fucking tri tip. Yeah. Like, you, you're not going to wait here for an hour and a half for me to smoke it and then reverse sear it and then cut it. Right. Yeah. Like that's just not the way it goes. So no, it, de- it doesn't work that way. And it's, I think people are like Sean said, are, are understanding that concept more. Right. And I think it's, you know, part of marketing too, to be able to run out because the more you're out of something, the more people want it. Yeah. You know? So it kind of, there's definitely that, that side that, to that it. side, um, you know, to it. So it's, you, you got to figure out what you want to do. If it's, you know, quantity or how you, however you want to structure your business. I mean, it's, uh, it's great. But I mean, the, the Texas style, the low and slow people need to understand if I, if you want me to make you brisket right now mm-hmm. in, in 10 minutes, <laughs> you're going to be here for two hours chewing it right. because it's not going to work. Yeah. I promise. And just gnaw on your shoe for a little bit. Just, right, to, get, just right. to get the muscles in your jaw <laughs> exactly. used to what you're going to exactly. have. Exactly. So yeah, the, the grilling, the, the hamburgers and stuff, and that's great. And it creates some ambiance if you can grill it outside. But I mean, fucking the, the, the process of what we do is incredibly hard and it's, uh, takes a long time and you know but people are are really coming around to understanding that so yeah. like andy harris what he you know when he first opened up he was always saying how people would get so mad at him but now because he's very unapologetic about <laughs> what he does he's, andy will tell you what he thinks yeah get the fuck uh, out of here so he's uh <laughs> he, he's just like look then fucking come earlier Right. Then, then get here earlier. Like right. the, I'm, I'm trying to make a business, do a business, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to put out a, a shitty product. So come, come have it when it's ready. If it's not here anymore, we'll, like Sean said, try to make some for the next week. But you got to f- get here then, you know. Yeah. And it creates yeah. these lines, and you know, it's just human nature. You see a fucking line, you're like, fuck, what's isn't going that always on the there? best part? We talked yeah. about, we've, so cool? we've been talking about that with different restaurant concepts. You know, talking, mm-hmm. you know, just looking at different things. But people are planning their restaurants like taco shops. So that you can only have four people in line and yeah. then you're out the door, yeah. like literally positioning the cash register to create that demand mm-hmm. so that you, you're like, oh, well, fuck, there's a bunch of people. You know, we've talked to other restaurant owners where they are expanding. They open up another shop that's a thousand square feet bigger. All of a sudden, there's not a line or a wait to get in. Right. That's actually the worst the performing unit mm-hmm. out of all six restaurants. It's fucking crazy. It's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what I was talking to my buddy Justin. He owns uh, uh, Bread and Cheese Catering. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go to a lot of these events, you know, special events around San Diego, a lot of beer festivals and things like that. And, you know, with with the barbecue, it's okay. Everything's already everything's already cooked. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slice it. I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to put it on a plate. And I'm going to hand it to you in the next window. And it's going to be, you know, maybe a two minute ticket time. You know, the line is from when you're coming out. Yep. You know what I mean? 100%. So until you get that line about ready to order, it just looks like you, like nobody wants your food. Right. Correct. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So there's that there's that line of like, okay, yeah, you know, we are putting out something fast. We're doing something quick. We're giving you a great service. Um, but yeah, having those lines, I mean, it's a huge draw. It's a great aspect. Of psychological. The it's psychological. Yeah, it's like, whoa, what's going on over there? You know, like, like. I got, I got to at least find out what's going on. Yeah, And absolutely. then when you have the opportunity to talk to them, when they come up and they say, okay, what's going on here? And we're like, hey, we got the brisket. We got the we got the pulled pork. We got mm-hmm. this. Try a little sample of it. And once you, they try a little sample of it, yeah. we got them. Yeah. We got them hook line. That's, you that's know? your little fit. Just throw it out there a little bit. Just right? let you try it. And then I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> right? hook you in for sure. That's um, definitely, we, we do a lot of sampling. We'll do sampling <clears throat> even here on the weekends. We'll just walk around, have people yeah. give, <clears throat> give them some of the barbecue. 
because you know like i said we are very unassuming out there in the shack and you know if you don't know what it is it's it's hard to like think oh am i, am I gonna go over there but just let them let them taste it a little right. bit and let them know the <clears throat> the love that you give to those things people will start coming in all the yeah. time man we get people go crazy they're like even if something happens and we don't have that like, man, we, that's, that's our thursday meal and i'm like well Sorry, again, it's, we're out. You know? Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we've gotten to the point where we've done so many different types of catering, different types of vending, different types of special events. You fucking name it, we've done it as a restaurant. Right. And, like, we've gotten to the point where, for us, it almost makes more sense to do partner with people like National Barbecue Association and Ace Hardware. They had a barbecue month celebration, so mm-hmm. they asked pitmasters to go up. Gene and I went over there, and we set up. But instead of vending, you know, which we had we would have done in year two, year three of running the restaurant, you know, we made partnership deals to get food so that, hey, this is the tri-tip. You know, Derek donated carne asada. Here, try this carne asada. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what do you mean I don't have to pay for it? Absolutely not. We're cooking on Big Green Egg. Mm-hmm. You know, we're cooking on Traeger. We're cooking on a Weber. Mm-hmm. Here, try it. And they're like, where the fuck? How the fuck do I get there? Right. And it's, you know, that's 12 miles away. Right. They take his card. Boom. Here, coming to get meat. Yeah. And you're like, well, why would you do something like that? You know, the labor and the, it's like, well, we've gotten to the point, thankfully, that some of those things make more sense than for us to go and try to fucking sell something, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is tough, but it's well, great the return for us. on it is yeah. great. It, correct. You know, I mean, it's it a form of awareness marketing. of what you're doing. It, it, it gets people to, to know um, that San Diego's doing this kind of stuff. Correct. You know, that San Diego yeah. is now, okay, yes, we are obviously very much well known for, for the beer, right. but the food. The yes. food is just, I mean, it's growing because of all that great beer and, and growing along with it. And, and you know, um, it's booming in other places. Now, and it's coming out east. Yeah. It's yeah. coming out east. Like, Flint Springs. It, it used right. to, yeah. But it used to be like you had to go like to the west, to the water to get some fucking good food. Right. Downtown, PB, La Jolla, Del Mar, yeah. you know. Now everything's, but people are getting smart. It's like, I'm not, space. I'm not paying <laughs> yeah, that I'm fucking lease. Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like, you want $20,000 for fucking 3,000 square feet? Go fuck yourself. This is $6 a square foot plus 10% percentage rate. Right. Yeah. Oh, Your no cam thanks. charges. And right. Like, like, dude, right. Come on. Plus triple net. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, and no parking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone's starting to come out. And now it's like you're seeing these craft places come out you know, more, more East. And it's amazing. People are, don't have to travel as far to have good food. Right. And, you know, I think embracing that, you know, we always talk about it, but it's fucking, you know, we, we can all rise together and mm-hmm. just continue to push each other and, and, and do good things and want good food. And we're going to come fucking support you and, you know, vice versa. And it's, it's important for, for people to know these things are, there's a synergy that we all have. And I'm, I'm just proud to be a part of it. Yeah, it's, I mean, for us, you know, we talk about the rising tide all the time and to see it's not just going out to support the pit masters. Mm-hmm. It's doing the stuff like at Ace and with Big Green Egg. It's teaching people how to do it themselves, you know, and that's something that Derek talks about, you know, here in the butcher shop instilling in his staff, like they need to know about it because you're, you're, you're teaching someone a craft, mm-hmm. you know, and the more that they buy into that, the more excited they're going to be to come down here and to get grill grates because, we take fucking grill grates everywhere because we live by those grill grates, mm-hmm. you know, when we're doing any kind of our grilling. And part of that is just exciting to see somebody like Jim Trotter, who we've had on the podcast, who's like just this incredible media sports journalist. Now he's working for NFL Network, ESPN, but he, did, he didn't have any barbecue game, but he's like, he's so 
curious about the big green egg that he fucking went to the San Diego Egg Fest and bought it on site. Yeah. You know, and now he's cooking every weekend. And it's like, it's so cool. You know, Jeremy Clary, his, his best friend, were out there and he, we had an incredible meal. Yeah, no, it's great. And, you know, you think it's counterintuitive. We talk about it, but it's, you know, when my customer comes up, <clears throat> you would like, well, how do I, you know, do a good brisket? I'm like, well, just go buy some that I have. No, I, I'll teach them every fucking step. I'll say, here's, yeah. a, here's what you do. Here's how you trim. Here's your deckle. Here's how much of fat you want to take off. Here's how you want to season it. You know, how do I make a good one? Well, you're going to have to fuck some up first right. before you can get a, yeah. do a good one. But it's just going to take time. And then all of a sudden, the, I can see them walking down the aisle. And the way they're looking at me, like they, they're like, dude, I fucking nailed it. Like you know, you can see after like the four, <laughs> yeah. the four fucking brisket. Oh, they definitely they want to come and tell Crushed you. It. Yeah, they, they definitely, definitely want to come and tell you. <laughs> right. I have people come every single week that come and just bring me food. They're yeah. Like, dude, your recipe or whatever it was, the way here's what I did. The right. first one was absolutely horrible. I fucked up, and here's this one. They're so proud of it, but it's a movement, and everyone's yeah. fucking doing it. And it's like, dude, this is. Why would you? Why would you hold anything back from these people? Like fucking tell them. Like we all read things. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not like we fucking invented fire or wood or fucking like <laughs> right. whatever. Like, come on, give me right. a break. But my recipes, you want to fucking know them? I'll fucking tell you. Like, let's go. I'll, right. I'll, like, let's all try. You're not always gonna have the time that I have to be able to do all those things. But right. I'm, I'm totally fine teaching you and showing you and whatever I know. I'm, I'm an open book. Right. And that's why you know, like uh, we were talking about the. Aaron Franklin's uh, book and his KPBS shows and all this different stuff. Like it's a reveal. It's like, I mean, like I was so when I, when I wanted to do barbecue, I just wanted to do it, you know? And I was, I wasn't, I was scared. <laughs> I was scared, scared to get the brisket. Yeah. I didn't know like, okay, there's this mysticism about, about what barbecue is and, and how to do it correctly. And, Big and time. you know, like all the different stuff. And then when I'm looking at, okay, here's, here's the guy who at that point was, the only James Beard Award winning mm-hmm. pit master, correct? Right? Correct. Before Rodney Scott. Yep. Awesome. Huge. Good Fucking job, really, man. Really That's rad. so rad. It's so um, rad. But, uh, you know, and here, here's his book. And it's like to the, the nth degree of like, this is everything that I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's go a, out and do it. It's like complete transparency. You know, it's like, how the fuck are they yeah. actually revealing this stuff? Right. You know, like we had, you know, the UG founder, Brian, on it. He's like every details in the book. You know, yeah. the same thing with Aaron Franklin. You're like, are you fucking serious? Like you've, you've just given us a business plan and, but now he's inspired you. Right. You know, Absolutely. To, 100%. to join the mo- movement and to give you that, you know, okay, well I'm going to be more careful when I'm buying fucking wood right. so I don't get screwed. I always say that he has no idea who the fuck I am, but he taught me everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, part, I mean, it, it, it's crazy because we live in a world and it's not just books, it's podcasts, it's right. YouTube you know, how to barbecue, right? You know, Malcolm Reed, we met him out at uh, NBBQA. And how shout many out people? to Malcolm. He's a fucking, fucking good egg, dude. The guy has 250,000 subscribers on YouTube That's and he's awesome. teaching people how to barbecue right. fucking correctly. The right, right way. You know, they're doing it the right way. Now he started a podcast, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, but it's part of the synergy, you know, and it's the willingness for other people to, you know, Derek and I, we're, I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't like, I'm not the fucking barbecue guy. Gene's our barbecue guy. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Gene, there would be no Cali Comfort Barbecue. But, you know, I'm trust he's right. trusted us with our fucking recipes and we've been able to grow. I, I told you I wouldn't have met Derek if there wasn't a barbecue contest. Right. You know, I came and pitched him to donate meat to so that we can raise money for charity. Right. Thank God he said yes. Otherwise, <laughs> we wouldn't fucking be sitting here. Today. Right. Yeah. So are you, you guys... have a best friend? Right. <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. He loves me so much. Um, have you uh, thought about doing any tri-tip? Yeah, I'm actually going to have tri-tip this weekend. Really? Yeah, I've done tri-tip a couple times. Um, you, I mean, 
I'll be honest, you get in a pinch. You right. know what I mean? Like when you're when you're like, okay, I gotta I gotta do brisket three or four times this week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you have three or four big days. Right. You yeah. know, and you're going into the weekend. And you're like, what am I going to do? Okay. You know, like that's another great flexibility aspect about um, barbecue and barbecue restaurants and, you know, having that butcher paper that you can, you know, make your own menu basically every day. You know, like these are the things that are coming in. Sometimes I have beef ribs. Sometimes I have, you know. um, Have you found a good beef rib? Nope. Yeah. There's like non-existent. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough around here in in California because, I mean, we're not Texas. You know what I mean? Like everything is primed for. I wouldn't say everything, but you know, like they're so primed for getting the right butcher cut brisket, yep. you know, mm-hmm. or packer cut brisket. You know what I mean? They're primed to get the the great, you know, beef ribs and and those sorts of things. Um, the, the packers out here, they don't know how to trim it because it ha- hasn't developed to that point yet. Well, what happened with the back rib? So we can get short ribs, no problem. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> but the beef back rib that used to be just fantastic that comes off the the ribeye. They go in with a wizard knife now, and they they notch out all the meat that comes through. So what I always tell you know when my customers come in, they're like, "Hey, I want beef back ribs," and I'm like, "Look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to buy beef back ribs, right? And I know I'm, I know they're notched out, but I'm going to sell them to you for three ninety nine a pound, and you're going to take them home, and you're going to be salivating, you're fucking grilling these things, you're cooking them however you want to do them, and you go to bite in and you bite a bone. Who the fuck are you mad at? Me." Because mm-hmm. I sold you a shitty ass fucking rib, and I had nothing to do with it. I didn't notch it out. I didn't do that. But that's what people were wanting. But they don't understand. They used to just cut it off a flat cut, mm-hmm. and so there'd be a nice thick, you know, inch of meat still on there. Mm-hmm. But they make more money when they notch it out with a wizard knife on the ribeye on the lip on is what you call they call it. That they make seven dollars a pound as opposed to a dollar a pound. Right. So the they ribeye. keep all that fucking meat on the ribeye, mm-hmm. which makes sense for them. In in the the you know, grand scheme of things, but right. for the beef rib lover, you're fucked. Yeah. Now you yeah. can, I've talked to the packing house, um, greater Omaha, and I've talked to them about doing a, a beef rib for me, but the volume I would have to do for them to want to oh, do yeah. that. It's I, I just can't, I'm, but then I'm like, fuck, I have to just sell it to all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we can all just have fucking beef ribs on San Diego. Well, that's, you're the one source for us to get it off. <laughs> right. It sounds like this podcast is a per- perfect, perfect way right. to make this shit And now happen. the secret's out there. Okay. <laughs> Greater Omaha. Like, you got to go to San Diego for beef ribs. <laughs> right. That's the only place. No, but like, go. I mean, have you guys, have, have you ever been to uh, Louis Mueller's in, in Tyler, Texas? No, no, no. I mean, yet. like, I we went down there when I was telling you, went on that barbecue odyssey it's like you get one beef rib it's two pounds it's yeah. fucking nuts. you know what i mean it's this giant massive beef rib there's yeah. no way you're getting anything like that out here. no i mean no we, we tried to fucking put it on on our menu and we would get a big incredible beef rib and then two weeks later it would be something totally fucking different yep yeah. like i can't sell that gene like this right. isn't gonna fucking fly right like, and that that's what happens that it's very inconsistent or you can buy a beef back rib it's very expensive but then you have to put that cost onto the consumer, and they're yeah. like, I'm, "For yeah. one rib, you're gonna charge yeah. me nine ninety nine? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't want, it's just a hard. It's a it's a give and take yeah. to kind of figure it's out pass through part. Yeah, it's yeah, hard, it's man. It's a it's a hard thing. But beef back ribs. I mean, when we do them here um, during uh, the holidays, mm-hmm. I'll make like just a few, you know, from a, a ribeye that I'm gonna cook for the family that's boneless and i don't care if the bones on it i'll take the ribs off and i'll I'll cut it a little extra thick and and grill them and it's like fuck dude these things are just so (laughs) fucking amazing um, they are good man to to break them down but it's yeah you don't 
Not going to get them. Too expensive. It sucks. Crazy. In due time. Yeah. When the tide rises. The tide, right. The when the tide, tide rises rising. enough. All yeah. Well, and keep, all our ships are. Absolutely. Keep, keep no, fuck yeah. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. It's just hard for them to, to justify it because they make so much money on that ribeye. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah, tri-tip something that I think is very underutilized. And I think uh, a lot of people are catching on to rib or uh, tri-tip right now. I think a lot yeah. of uh, other barbecue places are um, really, you know, I see people out in Kansas now doing my, my roommate. Jesse Tetuan out in Kansas, he'll uh, call me and say, hey, what was that meat you made that one yeah. time? And I'm like, oh, it's tri-tip. And he's like, what do I ask the butcher for? I'm like, a tri-tip. Like, it's they'll have it now, you know. So <clears throat> now he goes and makes tri-tips, and he's got his grill and his little smoker outside, and they're grilling stuff out there in Kansas. And I think everyone's kind of catching on to what what can happen with a good tri-tip. I mean, right. It's just yeah. absolutely amazing. I, and I think it's, to be honest, I've gone through thousands of cattle in my life hundreds of thousands of cattle and there's really not a bad piece of meat if you do it right i mean oh, they, yeah. a lot of things just need to be broken down a lot more um but there's if you do any piece of meat on that that cattle it can turn out really really good you just have to know it and understand it some things aren't weight bearing muscles some things are weight bearing some things are going to have more tendons you got to take out a tendon you got to do different things <clears throat> different nerves but um once you figure them out that's that's the fun part you know yeah. that's that's uh so tri-tip is is kind of our go-to here. In, yeah, in anybody outside of California that's that's doing tri-tip, it's like, oh, wow. <coughs> well, yeah. Like, yeah. This is a brand new thing. It's you know? fucking rad. But like in Southern California, I grew up in Ventura County, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, San Luis Obispo, San, Santa Maria and all that stuff. I mean, it's tri-tip all day. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking yeah. They got their own grills. Right? 100%. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's tri-tip all day, you know. Yeah. Grew up having it and, and loving it and enjoying it and everybody... Outside of California, thinks it's hamburger meat. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's what it was. They used to grind it all yeah. the time. But yeah, yeah. What, what Derek said, I mean, it's definitely catching on. And one of the cool things we have people that listen to this podcast and they're like, why the fuck you guys keep talking about tri-tip? Like I had to go down and, you know, search through the entire village to try and find some fucking right. tri-tip. But the, right. when they do find it and they tag us in the picture, it's fucking incredible because they're like, dude, that's amazing. And it yeah. doesn't take as fucking long as brisket. It's a lot quicker. I mean, like I said, when, when you get that pinch, you know what yeah. I mean? it's just like, man, well, we had a couple big days. Happy for those big days, you know, sure. what I mean? but we can change it up a little bit. And yeah. so um, we're going to be at the uh, the caregivers event in Liberty Station this Saturday Okay. Um, in the morning. I think it's from eight to three. Okay. And uh, we'll be doing tri-tip out there. We'll have the pulled pork, the turkey, the unsung hero of barbecue, the turkey the breast. The turkey, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. So good. Oh, my God. And uh, and we'll have, obviously, the rib tips and the ribs. What's your, your deal with turkey breast? Do you just buy a whole turkey breast or how do you yeah. bone in or boneless? or Boneless, sweetheart. Yeah. <clears throat> um, netted yeah and uh and i just take the skin off it's a real simple you know salt and pepper a little bit of olive oil right smoke it for a couple hours and when you get to that you know the right temp and you got a good you know that color on it that beautiful color on it slap some butter on it crazy and and wrap it and put it back on and cook till done growing i mean growing up eating fucking turkey sandwiches my whole life fucking turkey bacon avo and you know it's like oh you go to the store and it's like oh i want to smoke turkey right until you have that actual fucking smoked turkey like when i had at andy's i was like holy shit this is fucking it's next level it's next level and what you're doing over there is phenomenal yeah and he's doing a great job too man phenomenal it's killer yeah yeah he does he does an amazing job we're excited to see what happens with his uh, flynn springs Springs. i'm excited for that behind the smoke meetup and well fuck dude i make all the sausages for him <laughs> and it's the dude the, the motherfucker's going through a lot of sausage yeah, that's man. good so now opening up the next one it's going to be like i'm not to start working overtime and charging him three times <laughs> right yeah. 
So uh, what's next? What's uh, you're gonna just keep doing your thing, and um, you know, do you have any big events coming up? Yeah, um, yeah, you know, we're just gonna keep at it, and and during the week, like I said, we're at the the, the kitchen right across from Home Depot, right off the freeway, mm-hmm. pretty easy to get to. Um, we're there Monday through Friday. 11 to about sell out usually about 3 34 o'clock mm-hmm. but you know as um as we start cooking more and, and and gaining that might you know change maybe we'll be there a little bit later mm-hmm. um the interest is growing so that's you know that always feels good it's rad you know man. it really it's feels rad. good well you deserve it i mean thank it's you like it's fucking cool as shit to watch you do what you do and you know san diego eater that they put out a fucking article and yeah. we were right on it and I direct messaged you and was like, yeah. hey, dude, fucking congrats. And it's it's funny because I, <laughs> I opened up the UT this morning and my friend uh, Kim, she gave me a shout and she said, you know, check out the check, check out the, the UT this Tribune, morning. The yeah. dish section is like me folding my arms. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, Jesus. No. Christ, you know? I'm like, oh, Jesus. And I have to go fucking podcast instead of get ready for all these goddamn people <laughs> that are going to be waiting in line. Right? No, it's cool. And, and we do, we do the big uh, events on the weekends. We got a lot of you know, um, the Embarcadero uh, Park North has got, you know, s- several events uh-huh. uh, coming up the next couple of weekends. Um, and we'll be at Bay City Brewing. We're usually at Bay City Brewing Company like three. Do you do the goals games like before goals games? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes, rad. you know, before the goals games where if they do a playoff Fuck yeah. uh, this Friday, they're doing live wrestling. Yeah. At Bay City Brewing. Oh, really? Rad. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. It's awesome. So we'll like, be posted up out front and selling, you know, barbecue and doing our thing. And they're they're fantastic. And what a cool venue, Bay City Brewing. You should is. go wrestle. You should compete. No, fuck. <laughs> just guy, drop, start guy, dropping all those. fucking legitimate, legitimate. No, that was back in the day. <laughs> oh, no, don't bullshit. Back in the day. I mean, right. I'm sure I can still dress <laughs> a little bit. But I didn't realize because I... I you know, doing my workouts again, but just uh, rolling around doing jujitsu and, and wrestling and a little bit that I've been doing. I mean, it's fuck, dude. It's you get so tired so quick. I mean, with like oh, yeah. a minute, two minutes in, I'm just like dripping sweat. I'm like, Jesus, it's full Christ, body movement. How do you know what I mean? used to do this? I used to do this like no problem all day during wrestling, and, and but <clears throat> it was a different type of shape. Because I remember my junior year, we played football. We went to the CIF finals in in at the Qualcomm. And uh, wrestling season had already started. Yep. And I missed like the first two tournaments, and mm-hmm. then I went to uh, the next tournaments. And you know, I'm probably a month behind everybody in conditioning because it's just a different condition. Mm. We go to a tournament that you know I was seated to win and all that stuff. And I remember the first uh, guy I pinned, you know, real quick, and then the next guy, my coach, was like, all right, you know, kind of just like. You know, don't play with him, but just, you know, let it last a little longer. I'm like, no. I'm like, because that last one that was 30 seconds, I almost fucking threw up. (laughs) And then my third match, literally, I had to stop because I was throwing up. No way. Yeah. Because I was overexerting. I just wasn't in. Forfeit? It was just, no. I just kept going. They just called time out. Then I I picked (laughs) him up. Quick hurl. Threw him on his head. Puke and rally. Yeah, puke and rally. There you go. I went back, but it was like, I mean, just the exertion you have during wrestling is. uh, Right amazing and hard and you know one of my my trainer andy mirage shout out to andy at uh, 10th planet gym in spring valley he's fighting this uh 29th of june right. against uh ed ruth who was a three-time national champion at champion at uh, penn state okay so andy was a wrestler my partner in in high school really good wrestler so i'm uh, excited to see how this fight goes up at the on, on the 29th i'm gonna That's go check it out and support him and um you know but he's he's an animal that's rad yeah. well one thing we did want to get uh talk about was turf and surf barbecue championship 
Just give a quick update. Uh, we've been working hard with the Thoroughbred Fuck, Club. Dude. Yeah, we've been working extremely hard with the Thoroughbred Club. This Craig is our and third. Chris are we, fucking phenomenal to work with. We rebranded it. Um, we're going to implement some seafood, do some tri-tip, a tri-tip category this year. Seafood and, category. Yeah, seafood and, and tri-tip. And this is going to be a, a paid event this year. All-you-can-eat barbecue. With craft um, beer. With craft beer. Soda and water. Go for it. Fuck yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> um, too excited. I'm yeah. too excited for all the work we've been putting in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just, I mean, Sean and I have just been, you know, every day kind Thank of going through doing Keep something and, and figuring it all out. But I mean, it's, it's going to be, be awesome. It's going to be something new. It's not going to be your average KCBS event. Um, we'll have 10 restaurants for barbecue. We'll have, 10 um, teams that are going to be serving to the public, five seafood restaurants and five dessert places. Um, so you're going to have a, a little bit of everything. You can come and eat like gluttonous pigs and uh, hopefully enjoy the day. It's just going to be amazing. We're excited to do it this way. Um, you know, we're going to start at $40 a ticket and um, that's going to be for the first thousand. Then after that, it's going to go to $50 and VIP will be at $60 um, for the first 250 or 300 and then at the door i think it's 75 so again it's all you can eat barbecue um we're gonna have you know craft beer there we're gonna have uh desserts seafood we're just really really excited about what we're doing and, and where this uh event's going yeah. sounds awesome yeah i mean we've been working really hard in the i mean for us we're just so excited what's happening on the west coast and to have a venue like del mar thoroughbred club and to have partners like craig dato who's been on the podcast um and Chris, who does all the events, and we've been working with them, just trying to figure out how to work the Kansas City Barbecue Society. It doesn't do any good to have a contest without being able to eat barbecue. You know, that, it doesn't really pencil very well in California. <laughs> right. um, so we've been working really hard to find restaurant partners, um, barbecue restaurants, and now adding the seafood and the desserts um, to make a really cool kick-ass event that, you know, Memphis in May, obviously, the, the Royal, the Jack Daniels, um, we, we want to be, you know, step in step and people to mark this on their calendar every summer, give them a tax write off reason if you're in the barbecue business yeah. to get out here, um, let your family enjoy uh, the beach and the zoo and all those fun things. Do it, man. Come out, have some uh, kick ass barbecue. Um, we do have a social shout out. So every uh, week we send out a mug, uh, behind the smoke mug, um, which. Anybody that's tagging us behind the smoke um, at Barbecue War Stories on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we don't care. Um, this is an old friend, Barbecue with Gary. Gary actually was at the first ever podcast with Fern. Yeah, I remember that. So he, uh, him and Fern became friends because of Instagram. Um, they just started following each other and uh, Gary was out here for an event for, he's actually a nurse and... Uh, Fern's like, you got to meet up with me and come check out Cali Comfort. And that night he was podcasting. So he was just here and he's been here since day one, tagging us in his photos and building his brand and doing a bunch of cool shit with Traeger. Um, but we're going to send him out a, a mug as a way to thank him for interacting with the show. Shout out to Stover stopping by San Diego oh, yesterday, fuck yeah, right? Stover. Yeah, Stover's a badass. He just uh, best barbecue show podcast. Um, him and Yoni, they... Uh, Stover's actually, he got in, engaged and now he's moving back to, uh, to Portland. So he's going to start doing some really cool stuff with NBBQA and up in Portland. But, uh, he made a point to stop here in spring Valley on his drive from, uh, Austin to, to Portland, which is definitely out of the way. 
out of the way, but I mean, he's, he's, he's <laughs> definitely he's, fucking out of the way. But, he's, he's a good dude, man. Yeah, but really, really cool. Um, and the other person we want to thank was Olav. I apologize the Norwegian chocolates that you sent us. We got a note from the U.S. Postal Service that said it was damaged in transit. So Derek didn't eat them all. Those I didn't fuckers eat them all. ate it. Those fuckers <laughs> ate it. I was gonna fucking eat the whole thing. But uh, we love Olav uh, Meat and Metal Inno. He's uh, got his own Norwegian barbecue podcast, but. Thank you, guys. Uh, go out and support our friend here, Brad. Um, go out and be sure to uh, just tag us and let us know um, what you think about the podcast. But we, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks and, for having um, me, guys. This was yeah, fun. This, this is was a lot of fun. Hey, guys. This is Sean and Derek. And we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. We'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, we also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved. We also have show notes uh, from all the episodes, so anything we talked about in the episodes, you can find detailed show notes there. Um, plus, you can just get in touch with us. It's important that uh, we're here as a resource for you. So please reach out. Let us know how Derek and I can help you with your barbecue journey. Uh, get involved. Stay curious. And uh, follow us on social at Barbecue War Stories. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.